Hey, Cornerstone, welcome. Uh, January 10th, you made it. You made it through a full week now of uh, 2021. Uh, thankful. As you guys can see down at the bottom, my name is Spencer McCush. Uh, I have the privilege of uh, being a longtime member here at Cornerstone, but also I get to serve as the president of Eternity Bible College. Now, some of you guys may not know this, but Cornerstone was integral years ago in starting a Bible college. Um, in fact, the school was started because we got tired of seeing people go into debt to receive biblical training. Um, the whole COVID thing was a little bit of an adventure, but the reality is we're doing pretty well. Um, the school is about 85% online to begin with, and so to transition to online exclusively was pretty easy for us. Um, our students have an amazing experience online because it's what we primarily do. Most of our classes are designed with, with online being our primary offering. Um, and so we're struggling a little bit with the perception because right now, I don't know if you guys noticed, uh, people are a little bit sour on like distance learning and online world. And so externally, people are a little bit skeptical of what we're doing, but internally, our students are doing great. Uh, we have students in about 17 countries right now, which is great. But I just wanted to give you guys an update and just say, hey, thank you guys. Um, yeah, for just the years of support. And uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome to see what God's doing. Um, but one thing I did want to mention to you guys, this goes way back to when we first started Eternity Bible College. One of the guys who was part of the founding team, the reason he wanted to participate in the starting of the school was because he read a passage in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And this is where Paul is writing to Timothy, his true child in the faith. And in chapter 2, verse 2, this is what Paul says. He says, and what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And the image here is of someone passing the baton. And so one of these guys who was part of the team that founded uh, Eternity Bible College, he kind of had this idea and he went, my goodness, what happens if I go to pass the baton and there's no one to pass the baton to? What happens? And that's what led him and what was really the driving force behind him wanting to participate in starting Eternity Bible College. I want to take a minute and just actually ask you that question. And frankly, I need to ask myself that question of going, who am I passing the baton to? Because this is what was Paul was, this was driving Paul in his whole letter. His primary purpose is saying, Timothy, I, I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to make disciples, and I want you to then take this to others. This is what's driving the entire letter. Now, this is what's weird now. I know some of you guys are going to actually say, like, well, well, you know what? I'm too tired, or I'm too busy to, to make disciples, or I'm, I'm too tired um, it's just too hard. It's not my job. I'll let someone else do it. I just want to get ahead of this a little bit because, guys, realize something. All Paul was doing was fulfilling the Great Commission. The last thing that Jesus said before he ascends up into heaven in Matthew 28, here's where Jesus goes. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. So Jesus has all the authority and he says this. Go make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. 
and baptizing people. Okay, that's what Jesus, where Jesus goes. Now watch this. The command there is to make disciples. Everything else is, this is, I told you guys previously, I was an old school English teacher, right? So I actually pay attention to some grammar here and there. Everything else in that passage, it actually is something called a participle. And a participle is what describes the verb. The verb is to make disciples. Everything else is telling us how to make disciples or when to make disciples. Now look at this, Matthew 28, verse 19, and the first part of 20. Check this out. Make disciples. How? By teaching people and by baptizing people. That's how we do it. When do we do it? Go all the way back to the beginning of that section. Go. Go is actually a participle. It's describing making disciples. It's describing when we make disciples. And it can be understood two ways. Watch this. As you're going, make disciples. So as you're going to be a school teacher or as you're going to be a nurse, as you're going to be a mom, make disciples. Or it could be understood this way with a sense of urgency. And I want you to think about your mom telling you to go clean your room. Go clean your room. Now, is the command to go or is the command to clean your room? The command is to clean your room. The go is telling you, do it now. And, and the, the participle there, go make disciples. When? Do it now. Go do it. Go make disciples. So guys, here's the thing. I know some of you are saying, I don't want to pass the baton. It's too, it's too hard. I'm too busy. It's someone else's job. No, no, no. If you are a follower of Jesus, making disciples is all of our job. We don't have an option on this one. Another reason people might be a little bit hesitant to pass the baton, to engage in making disciples, is because they realize it's a hostile environment. People really don't want to hear about this right now. But I want you guys to think about something. If you read through 2 Timothy chapters 2 and 3, Guys, this is nothing new. Like, if you look, think about some of the things that Paul's writing to Timothy. Here are some of the things that were pressing on Timothy during this time. In chapter 3, But understand this, in the last days there will come a time of difficulty, for people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, they're ungrateful, they're unappeasable, they're slanderous, they don't have self-control, they're brutal, they're swollen with conceit. Guys, verse 5, having the appearance of godliness, they're fundamentally denying its power. If you go back up a little bit, um, in chapter 2, verse 23, Paul cautioning Timothy, have nothing to do with ignorant controversies because we know that only breeds quarrels. Guys, if you go up to the beginning of chapter 2, guys, hey, don't engage in quarrels that only don't, that don't do any good but only cause ruin and division. Guys, there's nothing new for someone to try to make disciples in an environment that is hostile or difficult. Don't use the culture of the day to prevent you from actually engaging in passing the baton and making disciples. It's not a good excuse. It wasn't for Timothy, and it's certainly not for me or you, for that matter. And so we've got we've to do better than that. Maybe there's another reason that, that people are a little bit hesitant to jump in and, 
and want to pass that baton and, and pass it to the next people. And that is because, you know, they're just distracted. There's a lot of distractions in the world. And again, Paul addresses this uh, in chapters two and three. He addresses how we could go sideways and get caught up in wayward uh, arguments and whatnot. But one of the things that I wanted to just challenge you with is in the midst of all the distractions, in the midst of, of everything, if you have absolute clarity on what it is that you are to be about, if you know with certainty where you're going, that's what matters. Imagine for a second, uh, if you're in a car and, and what you're doing is you're trying to drive somewhere. If you know with certainty where you're trying to go, let's say I want to go to Disneyland. Back in the day when Disneyland used to be open, believe it or not, that used to actually have people and people would actually arrive there. Um, but, but you want to get to Disneyland. If you know with absolute certainty that that is your destination, all of a sudden, it doesn't matter how you get there. I can drive on the freeway. I can drive on multiple freeways. I can come uh, by bus. If, if my vehicle breaks down, I can walk. If I don't have the ability to walk, I could crawl even. I could skip. It doesn't matter how I get there because I know with certainty where I'm going. And here's what's interesting, is if you know with absolute certainty that what we're to be about is making disciples, is passing this baton on to the next generation. As Paul said, all of a sudden, the hardships that we have to go through, all of a sudden, those aren't the primary issue anymore. All of a sudden, the circumstances we're in are simply circumstances. They are not what define us. So now what happens? Well, if I know I'm supposed to make disciples, it doesn't matter my employment status because whether I'm employed or not employed, you know what? I can make disciples. You know what? It doesn't matter if I'm in the midst of uh, political hardship or political alignment, I can make disciples. It doesn't matter if I can go to a restaurant or not go to a restaurant, I can make disciples. It doesn't matter if I have plenty or if I have want, you know what? I can pass this baton on to someone else. And that was it for Paul. He knew with absolute certainty what he was about. He knew where he was going and he wanted to pass this on to Timothy. And he was telling Timothy, hey, you need to pass this on to others. And it's important to realize that this is at the very end of Paul's life. This is one of the last letters he writes to his true son in the faith. And this is where he goes. And in the last kind of last bit of information that he gives to Timothy, we get to chapter four. And this is really where I wanted to spend some time today. Guys, in chapter four, Paul clarifies this one last time. And he says, Timothy, I want you to proclaim God's word. In fact, if you look, he says, with, with, and he actually puts a lot of emphasis on this. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and by his kingdom. Preach the word. Now, this is not preaching in the sense of you're standing behind a pulpit and you're lecturing people. No, 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 no. The idea is to be a proclaimer, to be a herald. Uh, think back in like the medieval times. 
The herald was the one who delivered the message of the king. And what is the message of the king? Well, it says here, proclaim the word. What word is Paul talking about here? Because he gives it with so much emphasis there in chapter two or chapter four, verse one. So what is this word? Go all the way back to chapter three, verses 16. It's the story of God. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching. This is the story of God that Paul is talking about to Timothy. Be a proclaimer of the story of God, the whole story. And be a faithful herald. A herald, the proclaimer, he didn't get to make up his own message. He had to deliver the message of the king. This is what Paul says to do to, for Timothy. He says, hey, if you really want to pass this baton on well, be a proclaimer of the story of God. And not just proclaim it, but then apply it to people. Because look at what he says right, right next. Rebuke, reprove, and exhort. Guys, sometimes you're going to need to use Scripture to, to demonstrate to people, to show them how what they're doing may not be aligned with what King Jesus wants. Sometimes you're going to need to use the story of God to show them that, wow, you're just flat out, you're, you're not being consistent with the story of God. Sometimes you need to use the story of God as a means of encouragement and exhorting people to continue on. But whatever you do and however you're applying Scripture, look at what Paul says, and I don't want us to miss this. Be patient with everyone. Be patient with everyone as you're trying to apply God's Word to their life. If you're going to faithfully pass this baton, Use the story of God, apply it to people's life, and be patient with everyone. So then we get into verse 3, and listen to what Paul says to Timothy. He says, there's going to be a time when people will not endure sound teaching, but having their itching ears, they will try to draw to themselves teachers to suit their own passions. What's fascinating is, one, we're all prone to do this. We're all prone to draw ourselves to teachers who are going to just say things that we already like. We're drawn to the echo chamber, as it were. But beyond that, I want you to really see this here. If you look at verse 3, when it says that people are going to do this, who are these people? Because in the text, it actually just says there's going to be a time where they draw people unto themselves that are going to tell them what they want to hear. Who's the they? This goes all the way back to chapters 2 and 3. These are the people who are getting caught up in, in all of the atrocities listed out in chapter 3. The ones who were being uh, caught up in, in philosophies and empty debates and all kinds of ungodliness. They were the ones who were distracting from actually making disciples and passing on the baton. And guys, what we need to realize is that we're all prone to this, one. But second, the, the teaching that they're drawn to, listen, it's, it's the things that are causing us to be turned aside from the truth. And so Paul's telling Timothy, hey, remember the story of God. Make sure you're proclaiming that. Make sure you're applying it. But also realize 
you're going to come up against things that where people are going to want to hear what they want to hear. They're going to want to hear the echo chamber, and that's going to be a distraction from passing the baton on well. And, and we're all prone to this. And then he turns the corner here in verse 4, and he says, but you, and that now he, he moves it and he makes it very, very personal. But you, knowing full well there's going to be a time where people are distracted and people want to, to bring uh, the kind of teaching that they want to hear. They're going to turn away from truth. But you, Timothy, you pay attention. Be alert. Be sober-minded. And it's not being sober-minded about all the, the harms that are out there. You know, don't be alert to, to all the atrocities out there. No, 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 no. Be aware and be alert of your own thinking. Be aware, be self-aware at how you're being enamored with the world. Be aware that you're not being sucked in to these empty, foolish arguments that are just a distraction. Be aware, be alert. What else does Paul say? You, Timothy, not just be alert, but you, Timothy, endure hardship. Persevere. Now, again, I'll go back to the, to the illustration of going, if you have clarity on where you're going, if you know the goal for Paul was saying, hey, pass the baton, make disciples, all of a sudden, this can be hard. This can be difficult. We're going to have circumstances pressing on us. But all of a sudden, the circumstances I'm in, those don't matter. Because the circumstances I'm in, um, I have a job, I don't have a job. I'm free, I'm in prison. I'm healthy, I'm shipwrecked. I can make disciples in any one of those contexts. I'm a married person, I'm a single person. I'm a, I'm a child, I'm an adult. I'm an aging adult, I'm a single person. It doesn't matter the context you're in. I, I, I have abundance, I have want. I can always make disciples. And if you have clarity on what it is that you're called to, where it is that you're going, all of a sudden I can endure the circumstances I'm in because I know the purpose for which I'm actually living in those circumstances. But Paul tells Timothy, you be alert, be aware, and you make sure that you are enduring hardship because it will come. It's not an if, it's a when. Paul continues and he says, evangelize, do the work of an evangelist. And most of us are going to think through, uh, do the work of an evangelist. That means I have to stand on the corner and actually preach to people. Guys, that's not necessarily what he's talking about. The work of an evangelist, uh, evangelist is the word gospel. Be one who gospelizes. What does the word gospel mean? Gospel is good news. Guys, do the work of an evangelist. Share good news with people. If you want to faithfully pass the baton on to the next generation, faithfully share good news and the hope of King Jesus. If you guys haven't paid attention to this, there are people who are agonizing right now. There are people who are so fearful. They're so lonely. 
We have an incredible opportunity to share good news with them. And the good news is of King Jesus. So Paul tells Timothy, be alert, be aware. Endure hardship because it's coming. Do the work of an evangelist. Share good news and the hope of King Jesus with people. And then finally what he says is, Timothy, if you want to pass this baton on well, fulfill your ministry. Do it. Just do it. I mean, Paul was saying this way before Nike did. Just do it. This is what you're here for. And it's not anything new. The whole book of 2 Timothy is about passing this baton. There are obstacles and difficulties that are going to cause that. But right here at the end, this is where Paul says, and this is where you kind of get this summative statement. In verse 6, Paul says, For I'm already being poured out as an offering. Now listen to this one. And the time for me to depart is at hand. I have competed well. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Guys, Paul knew that his time was drawing near. He knew that his life was at the end. And he's telling Timothy, man, the things that I've taught you, pass these on to other people. And my prayer is for 2021, for Cornerstone Church, for, for me, for my family, that that we would pass the baton well to the next generation. Because we have to remember, guys, this is what Jesus called us to. This is, this is the Great Commission. Make disciples. Pass the baton. So here's the question. What's preventing you from passing the baton well? Who are you passing the baton to? Guys, as I close our time together, I just want you to think, let's be like Paul. Let's pass the baton. Let's fulfill the Great Commission. Let's finish well.